In a world filled with filters and facades, the real life with Lacey is your sanctuary of authenticity. Join me as we unravel true stories that resonate with the human experience. And remember, our ultimate goal is to touch the heart of at least one viewer in every episode. This is where the power of real life takes center stage and the impact is real. Welcome to a journey of inspiration and connection. Welcome back to the Real Life with Lacey podcast. Today we have Ryan. Hello. Hey, so thanks for coming. Thank you. I'm pretty excited to ask you all the questions that a lot of people are curious about. So you're a fighter. Yeah, I try. Yeah. It's (laughs) one of the main things I do, but yes, fighting is the main one. Yeah, okay, so how old were you when you found out that you had like maybe a skill or a gift or just the love for it? Uh, I'd say it was probably started when I was 15, Mm -hmm. about when I started wrestling. I did high school wrestling. I mean, I always fought with my brother growing up, so... Was he older or younger? Older. He's six years older than me, so I was just like... So he manhandled you? Yeah. Always... (laughs) There was times where I'd like, you know, throwing drumsticks at me, and I'd just be pissed. We'd just be slugging it out. Mm -hmm. I'd get black eyes coming home, and not not like he'd beat me up or anything. But yeah, like, it was good, like tough love kind of thing. Sibling rivalry. Yeah, exactly. I had a brother four years older than me. He beat me. He literally handcuffed me to the chicken coop for like hours, and I had to <laughs> dislocate my thumb to get out of the handcuffs. And that's just siblings, I guess. Yeah, you, is, know? you never. If you never get to that point where like you have a li- lightweight psychotic like sibling <laughs> yeah, you never. That's yeah. that's important. Do you have kids? No, no. Okay, no, no. okay. So I have kids, and yeah, they are six years apart. Actually, just the same as you and your brother. Two daughters, and they would fuck each other up. They still do. They still do. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, okay. That's so you're about 15, and you realize that you start wrestling, and you're like, huh, maybe I can punch someone too? Like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's kind of, it's kind of like a bigger story. So like when I was 15, I started wrestling. I was 300 pounds. Oh, wow. And just to get to the, the actual, like, uh, I guess, co- uh, a regulation to be mm-hmm. able to, like, because I had to be 285, I think, for the actual competition. And what was your height? Because you're a tall guy right now. Were you this tall at yeah. 15? Uh, yeah. I was yeah. always, like, you know, if I was a two, if I was two, people thought I was five. If I was five, I mean, I'm 22 now. Mm-hmm. Some people think I'm, like, in 30. I just, I just have always carried myself a little bit. Well, I was always been bigger. Yeah. And so then, how tall are you? Six three now. Okay. Yeah. So I I um I basically like starting out. I wanted to cut the weight because I was just I I was done being a fatty. I, mm-hmm. I, I loved to eat. I loved to you know just do nothing. I was kind of just a pud, just sitting around, not doing much. Yeah. And then I started wrestling, uh, or I started doing football and I had a really good opportunity to like play football. I was a like killer left tackle. No one got through me, but then I was like whole school thing, whatever. Were you like sophomore? Uh, actually middle school. So this or junior high, like this was right before I had gone to high school. My, the school that was like in my league Mm -hmm. was, was, uh, was the one I was playing for, Mm -hmm. but, or it was like in my neighborhood but I never got to be able to go to actual that school because I was going to another school that was out of my region that didn't have a football team. Oh, so you weren't up here? No, I was. So I, I grew up in Stockton. So, I see. I see. Yeah. So okay. I grew up in Stockton from um from the time I was three to the time I was eighteen when I finally moved up here. Oh, oh. Yeah. Before that, I was a I grew, was born in Italy, so I was a third a first generation Italian immigrant. 
My what? Yeah, my mom had moved here as a single mom with three kids and with my dad. Uh, they separated when we had gotten to uh, to the states. Bunch of stuff. We had grown up kind of like in a religious background, and then uh, she, you know, most of our life, like starting out, it was beans and rice and. Yeah, because you came here from... So we're backing up a lot right now. Yeah. We'll come back to we'll your teenage. Back, yeah. yeah, but okay, so you were... Did you get your citizenship here? Yeah, so... Like, was it difficult? I, I think as a as a kid, I don't know what the exact rule is, but, like, if you if you basically are are born in Italy, but you, you move at a certain age when you're younger, mm-hmm. you can get your citizenship. My sister moving to the States was actually... Or I think my sister was born in the States and then moved... My mom moved to Italy when she had her. She's the oldest. She's like, she was 12 when we moved back to the States originally. Oh, wow. My brother was six. So I don't know how the whole, I I think it's because my mom grew up and was born in Italy Mm -hmm. or in in Stockton that it was easier for her to get that citizenship. Yeah. Okay. So she was born here. Yeah. And then she went to Italy, had you guys. Yeah. So she probably had that dual maybe citizenships or something. At least now I do have dual citizenship. So if I ever wanted to go back, I could, it would be too Have you been there? I've been when I was like 10, but uh, I, yeah. you haven't I gotten a full experience of an adult over there. Yeah. My mom just went last, last couple months ago and I'm just like, Oh, I'm so jealous. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to go when I was a teenager, but you know, just life hit and I was just, I, I'm still, that's, that's, that's where I'm going to end up. Whether yeah. I retire there or just go back to visit family and stuff, it's going to be awesome. Not, hell yeah. Okay. So then you came here when you were young and then, um, grew up pretty poor you were saying like beans rice or yeah so so like I I grew up um it was weird because the like the first parts of my years was I was growing up like very you know if we wanted Legos we weren't getting Legos we were getting Roblox Mm -hmm. and I and and, oh well yeah I I think that's like kind of the best way to to grow up because it, it shows you how to be happy with very little and it's like my mom always made a really good job to make sure that we grew up good as kids you know we obviously fought it was hard as a single mom mm-hmm. my dad was in and out of the picture like he was you know he for for most of my life I think he he had come back all the way up until the time I was 14 when he had left again but it was you know yeah. it was good for it was good for the whole like um building of character of you know knowing that you can it's it's not about what you have it's about what you can the community that you can build yeah and uh, and uh, a single mom raising two teenage boys. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, and my brother, my brother, even to this day, he's he's such a. I don't even know the. Uh, he's so like charismatic, but he he has he's such a different person from 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 everyone. He's he's a musical like prodigy. Oh. Even now, he makes he makes uh, produces beats and sings songs, and he's a very artistic person. So. You know, he was one of those kids that would just like, you know, latchkey, you, you'd bring him to the grocery store and he goes and next thing you know, you're like, where's Tyler? And mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it, it was, I could imagine, like, I was a little bit more w- well behaved versus him. It was like my mom would turn around and, you know, he'd he's be gone. in, yeah, he's going yeah. to be into something. So, oh. are, are you still close her. with him? Yeah, very. He's yeah. my, me and my brother have some, like, you know, we're, we're joined at the hip sometimes. Oh, that's cool. That's good. Um, okay, so then around junior high, you started figuring out wrestling. You started cutting weight. Started learning how to cut weight. I'm assuming. Yeah. So we. So 
the the whole it wasn't hard because when you're like real heavy it all you really have to do is just move you know you going to practice is enough where what or like was enough as it is or yeah well teenagers too children in general just have a better metabolism yeah, yeah. oh man and when i'm and when it was like my focus i've always been that kind of guy like if i hyper focus or i want something i'm gonna i'm gonna go and get it so for me it was like okay um, 315 pounds i gotta get to 285 i'm like i'm gonna get there and then but from that point i just kept going and going and and next thing you know it's like the seasons the end of the seasons there i'm 250 oh nice yeah so it was it was no problem at all to to, i mean i was still i wasn't very muscular you know i'd been carrying around like a lot of just excess weight but i was strong Mm -hmm. and and in heavyweights too in wrestling a lot of people know this like it's just the first person to fall on top of each other it's the first guy to fall (laughs) on top of the other yeah it's like there's there's skill in heavyweights Uh but the the lighter you get, that's when you really have to get like you know. I feel bad for the high schoolers, but uh, for me it was cool because it was like, all right, I knew a head and arm, I knew um, you know a basic like bear hug to to a to a shelf, and it now, got. Now is this wrestling talk or is this? Yes, wrestling. Oh, okay, talk. okay, okay. So like a, a a bear hug is just like when you just grab onto uh-huh. them and you like just fall. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's it 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 was easy for me to get far. So like I ended up being. The first kid in my entire school's like history. I came from a very small school uh, in Stockton that went to divisionals. Oh. So I basically like it was super easy for me to um, get like far and and then also learn. So mm-hmm. right around um, I think there was the time I was like 16, 16, 17. I had uh, my my wrestling coach. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got. Uh, my wrestling coach ended up coming into uh, like our, our high school, mm-hmm. and he's now he's actually my brother in law now. You know, I yeah. So I had, he had come in. He married he was, your sister. He married my sister, oh, and I nice. introduced him. And uh, he was it was. I know that sounds kind of. Oh. I think I just disconnected. Oh, hold on. We're back. All, All right, right so back. audio. Let me just move this. Little technical difficulties. Okay. We're back. Lacey's a pro at this. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, the audio is my nemesis. Okay, but we're good. We're recording, right? <laughs> All right. Okay, so you uh, introduce your brother in law to your sister yes your coach your wrestling coach so he came in and he started training me in wrestling which was and he was uh you know like a collegiate all-american he was actually very good at, at he had been retired he's 400 pounds at the time too so i think for me him having like that purpose he had he had this muscular disease that actually ended up like almost killing him mm. he was bedridden on dialysis and he ended up uh actually like coming back and making a resurgence into wrestling and through that coaching me. Um, and it was one of those things where it was like before it was the whole brother-in-law, I introduced him to any of my family. He was like a brother to me. Oh, that's cool. We had definitely, we had definitely like, I mean, (laughs) he would be taking me to his house, like, and I met his wife at the time and we would, would go over and, you know, just, he'd take me to wrestling tournaments throughout the country. And this is when you're a teenager. A teenager. And this is when I was also like, you know, my, my dad had left about when I was 14. Mm-hmm. So right around this time, it was like I was in need of somebody to just be able to, like, kind of build me that up. That father and, figure that yeah. you, yeah, especially at that age. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're just trying to figure out puberty. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Yeah, and I was not one of those, you know, I was, as as much as 
I, I like to go against the ordinary. I like to I like to mess with people. I like to you know I was I, I just like to get into trouble. And, mm-hmm. and and at that time he was not a straight laced person. So it was cool to like have a, a father figure or a brother figure even that would kind of be like you know not. It's hard to explain the kind of person that he is, but it's like somebody who you probably wouldn't bring into like a law office if you want or, or like a, a environment like that. It's mm-hmm. like very grungy kind of like a distorted person because of the way that he had grown up. But, oh. but it was the same way. It was like I felt at home because it wasn't like uh, it's like I had a brother who could actually understand and wasn't afraid to say, you yeah. know, fuck you or yeah. whatever. And he definitely wasn't judging you. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. He's like been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I got through it. He's like, listen, kiddo, just yeah. act, act right. And it was it was cool because then he started teaching me wrestling, and we actually got all the way to like the state level. I took fourth in state in freestyle and Greco, and then I also went to. Uh, he petitioned me to go to nationals. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So I ended up going to nationals in North Dakota. I did. Uh, I did. I I was like one match away from placing as an all American in the nation and. It was just a wild ride because it was he was like the first taste as to being um, disciplined and staying very like on track, single minded, not having anything outside of what you're doing that's mm-hmm. pulling you away from from that. But also showing me that you can have fun doing it. That yeah. That you know, discipline is freedom. Man, really. yeah. So it sounds like if he didn't come in your life, you might have not gotten to where you are right now. Oh, it would have been. I mean. I, knowing what I had got, done after my wrestling season, mm-hmm. I would have absolutely, you know, Stockton, it's a, it's a, it's not a life that you want to grow your kids up in, yeah, I guess, for and, sure. unless you have the right, you know, it's not, it's a good, it's got a lot of good people in Stockton. It's just, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things that when you don't have guidance, you end up, you know, you end up getting in things that could get you killed or, you know, and, and you know, I've been robbed at gunpoint with three guns in my head. I've been, oh my god! You know, I've been yeah. as a teenager. As a because teenager, you come you came up here at eighteen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've damn. been shot out. I've got bullet holes in my car. It's like there's oh just it's just a life. It's a lifestyle that it's. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I'm I'm happy that moving up here and I I'm, it brings me joy that like the community up here is very focused on making sure that everyone is like safe and that they're also like protected not like in a in a way that you have to shelter your people but Mm -hmm. that you like you know it's very gun friendly up here it's very like um it's a community that's for sure and and everyone knows everything about everyone (laughs) most of the time yeah (laughs) i mean i'm pretty sure with uh, my profession i know a lot about a lot of people (laughs) yeah well absolutely and that's the that's the kind of thing that i mean that's just human nature. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, when you get into a big city, it's it it's it's even worse because then the, the pace is brought up to a, a million. So you have people mm-hmm. stabbing each other in the back. It's just it's yeah. part of like you know it's just I think that's just more human nature more than anything. And although you're in a lot lot smaller like magnified community like that here, mm-hmm. you're not having to deal with any of the other bullshit that comes yeah, kind of with that definitely no shootings definitely no shootings. Oh, yeah. no, no. well uh, every we, once in a while yeah. but yeah and when you're starting to get a bunch of homeless right now but yeah that, that's that's a that's something control. that that i think california can't really that they're they're that's a problem that has been um uh, well our it, governor isn't helping 
Yeah. <laughs> situation yeah. by any means. Not at all. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things you can't really fix once it's at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And, and that's... Start spiraling. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay, so okay, so then when was it that you decided that you might want to take it into a ring? Uh, okay, so right around the time that I had actually finished uh, doing school or doing uh, uh, nationals, I'd come back and I was, I think I was like 16 at this point. So I went to nationals at 16. I'd come back. Um, I had graduated like early because they, I, you know, I had gotten kicked out of school for just getting in trouble. Oh, okay. They had put me through like a program that kind of expedited my, my high school graduation. So, oh, cool. So you got to graduate at 17? 16. 16. Yeah. They were just like, let's get this kid out of here. He is, <laughs> he is too much. Yeah. But then I, I started still training at around this time. Cause I was like, still my focus was to go to nationals again. Um, it didn't end up happening just because you know, my focus wasn't in the right place, but that was right around that time is when Fonzie, my, uh, my brother-in-law who wasn't my brother-in-law at the time, but he was still my coach. We started mm-hmm. training and, uh, he started making his MMA career, MMA like debut. Oh, he, so he's a fighter. So he's a fighter too. Okay. He, he's retired now. Well, you know, he, he never really retires a fighter. He's still just, you know, waiting to make his, his comeback, but he, he has a lot of fights, I think. 10 or more fights. Um, How old is he? He's 32. Sorry, okay. Fonzie, if you don't. If I miss yeah, that one yeah. <laughs> okay. So then he's training. So he's like, hey, you want to train with me sort of thing? Yeah. So he he was actually in his garage. He was at his house uh, doing, doing a bunch, like basically just training, getting ready. He was in my old wrestling room at my high school training, doing that. And uh, you know, I was just like, I was like, what is this MMA thing? And, mm-hmm. you know, he started g- giving me boxing gloves and I was like, a, probably shouldn't say this, but I was like a teenager. He was like, fucking me up. Uh-huh. Like, hit, <laughs> hit me really hard in the head. And I was just like, I, it was awesome though. Cause yeah. I, I, I kept fighting back. Like I, I loved it. Um, but it was, you know, it wasn't that bad. It was just, he was showing me like, this is the sport. I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. I think that's the, the, the hardest thing is when you have somebody and you're trying to teach them fighting as a sport you cannot shelter them to what it really is doesn't mm-hmm. matter what age they are you got to know like like hey you you're getting into something serious this isn't like larping this isn't game playing i see that from a lot of martial arts schools where it's like you know they come out here and they're they start teaching these guys oh this is a gentle sport it's like no shut the fuck what? up yeah <laughs> Like this God. is this is life or death sometimes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and although it can be fun and playful, and you can kind of have it make a, a enjoyment out of it, you not don't always have to not enjoy it. You got to get serious when it's time to get serious. Mm-hmm. So the gloves that you wear. So what is the, what are the requirements of those gloves? So uh, that's that's a good question. Um, so. Six. So when you're sparring, it's like normally eighteen to sixteen ounce. And sparring is beforehand, like when you're preparing, right? Yeah. So okay. it's like if you're training, if you're doing uh, any sort of like preparation for mm-hmm. your fight, where it's you know you'll wear headgear sometimes, or you'll just be you know wearing shit guards, different different kind of like protective gear. Mm-hmm. You're you're wearing sixteen to eighteen ounce gloves, and those are like the big boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. But there's also. Um, MMA sparring gloves. So those are boxing sparring gloves or kickboxing sparring gloves. There's also gloves that are um, the eight ounce gloves. So they're basically like a thick pad, but there's no 
there's no like encapsulation of your hand here so it's just like a, a wrist okay wrist yeah. here and then it, it, it's like a puffy right here yes so yes. if you punch people it's still you got to control your power because you could knock them out but for the most part it's that that thick padding gives and that's you, still in training that's still in training okay. and what the reason for that is so that you can grapple so that you can still grab because with the boxing gloves it's just like your it's like a paw mm-hmm. versus if you want to actually like yes grab somebody's okay. wrist or grapple that's what those gloves are for but in the actual fight depends on what you do if you're kickboxing it's 10 ounce gloves so you're talking about going from padding that's like this thick to like padding that's only this thick. Mm. So you can really, that really increases the chance of getting knocked out with just that little bit of difference. Mm-hmm. And then in MMA, it's four ounce gloves, which is my favorite part about MMA. Because when you're used to training with 16 ounce gloves and you crack somebody with a four or six ounce glove in, in a fight, it's just like everything's so fast and just like. Boom, yeah, because like, 16 ounces heavier too. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're getting used to that, and then it's just quick and and lighter. So and two, when you're throwing with 16 ounce gloves, you're you're throwing, and when you like finally land, you have to push through because it, it there's that inch of padding that your knuckle actually has to be able to hit through the padding. But when it's just 16 ounce and you still push through, it's like. There's no greater feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to talk about too, the feelings. Because, yeah. I mean, you must love to hit. And do you like being hit? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because when you're fighting, you know that you're going to get hit. And some people are, actually enjoy the feeling. Yeah. I. There's something about that, like psycho, uh, psychological, or, uh, yeah, yeah. psychology-wise, uh-huh. that they, uh, they kind of talk about um, that, like the turning that pain into pleasure and i think it's just crazy how the mind and humans are adaptable like that because it's like i i used to hate getting hit you know i'd get punched in the face I'm like, what the hell is like, this yeah and you're just swinging for the fences i see some new guys sometimes they come in they spar with us and it's like they're like one hit and they're like oh please no more <laughs> yeah. me i'm like sticking my chin out yeah, like see, trying see? to in it but it's not necessarily that it's like in my brain, I know this is, I probably shouldn't be doing this a uh-huh. lot. So let me move my head. Let me not get hit. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's more just like when you get hit, you're like, all right, let's see. Is that all you got? Mm-hmm. And, and then once you know, okay, this guy hits hard or this guy doesn't hit hard, um, you can kind of like uh, curate the way that you move a little more to, to that. I mean, you don't want to take many hits at all. But I, yeah, the feeling is, is I love hitting him and you know what it's not like i love uh like causing that damage to people it's more that i i love like knowing all the work that i put in ended up like coming to to use yeah because to me i see it on a bigger scale it's like no one really cares at the end of the day whether i get in a cage with somebody and i fight that's all for entertainment purposes i love that i can entertain people that come to watch me but at the end of the day it's like this motherfucker comes into my house and he comes to fight me and my family. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to know that everything that I put work into is going to come to, 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 to me being able to actually fuck him up mm-hmm. and then be the hero of the story. It's yeah. like, everybody wants to be the person that, that, that does that. They want to be the guy that somebody came into their house and they fucked them up and, and they didn't have the bad story where it's, Oh, home invader comes and kill, you know? Yeah. And that's where it's like, for me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ha- that's what brings me a lot of like security I, I, because of growing up too in that city life it's like mm-hmm. I 
I, you know, there's paranoia behind it. There's a lot of paranoia of being like, you know, rolled up on with guns or yeah. rolled up on with anything. You know, we had to fight for, for what we had. And yeah. Knowing every day that I work for that, it's like, oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Cause the, every day you're training every day. Like, yeah. do you have Sundays off? <laughs> like, do, like, do you today, have a day off? Today was, so today I, I, I had, uh, hurt myself a little bit, so I didn't want to, I didn't go to, to like do the conditioning practice, but mm-hmm. most days it's Monday through Sunday, but you know. Yeah. What does it consist of? So, so Mondays we have, normally it's a, every day. It's at least one time a day. Most times it's two times a day. So I'll wake up early in the morning. I'll train. I'll go have a whole day, either work or, you know, some days I get a little little rest day to kind of just ice up, make sure that I'm, like, ready to go at the nighttime. Mm-hmm. And then nighttime practice, we have either we go to underground, we train. I mean, Danny's just absolutely ruins us sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> He'll put us through freaking uh, uh, like, shark it? tanks. Uh, what the hell is shark tank? So shark tank is where, like, you'll have a fresh guy and you'll be the one – or you'll be a guy in the middle of the circle – and what do you mean by fresh guy you'll just have a fresh like (laughs) untired guy while you're dead tired just coming to beat you up and you have to fight your way back and a lot of times he does like situational things Mm -hmm. so he's not like so barbaric with it to where it's like we're just sitting there uh, slugging it out with each other a lot of it's like okay you're in this bad position he's around your neck and you're dead tired it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how tired you are get out of this position i know that he's fresh and when you get through that like when you get through 25 minutes of a fresh guy coming in every time and you're and 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 like you know trying to trying to choke you out or trying to you know hurt you and you get out it's like once you get into the fight it's like okay what's new it's like now this guy's tired with me yeah and and i have that extra level of like spiritual confidence i don't know yeah are you all the same size no, the, no, not not always. I have we have a couple of big guys. A lot of times it's 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 lighter guys, but that doesn't matter when you're dead tired. At the end of like 25 minutes, and you have a 135 fiver, but that's skilled and knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, let me protect my neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then if you can't handle it, is it? Are you just tapping out? Um. Is that what you're supposed to do in that sort I of situation? Oh, okay, yeah. well, no, no, no. <laughs> in general. Yeah, yeah, in general. Yeah. yeah, you tap out. You're if you're if you get if there's like a submission, whether he's got an arm bar mm-hmm. or a, or a choke or something. Yeah, it's better just to tap and and not hurt yourself. That's the thing. It's like it's better to lose in practice. I feel like oh fuck yeah, than in person in the ring. Yeah. And so many guys want to be the tough asses. They want to be the the guys that come at, come out and, and and like are gym badasses and they're sitting there beating up all their all their teammates. It's like it's like I'm here to get better. Like I wanna I wanna be put in these positions now, knowing and and. and and not have to learn it in a fight when I'm like, you know, all bloodied and battered. It's like I go in with the mindset that I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be put in a lot of bad positions, mm-hmm. and then you it makes it easy because you don't you're not scared to lose. You know, if you're always scared to lose, you're not gonna take the cha- chances and risks that that it that it takes to to win. So you're not scared to lose when you go into a fight. Uh, well, like what is yeah, like what is your mind frame going into a fight? into a fight it's it really is just just like kill or be killed yeah that's that's what danny's really instilled into me it's uh-huh. it's you know that's what he's whispering in my ear before i go out there it's like it's kill or be killed like yeah. th- this is your house this is this is this is not a joke anymore or well, this is not a game 
And but then also, you know, my faith with God is also very strong that I kind of know that it's already predestined and predetermined. When I go into the cage, I I I, I just kind of let go and surrender to whatever is going to happen. I don't try to focus on like let me let me win this or let me lose this. Mm-hmm. It's like I kind of just know like whatever happens, it was either God testing me and 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 told me telling me I need a lesson or it was Him saying. You know, congratulations, congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I agree, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. 100%. Um, but you have to have a surge of adrenaline that goes through your body. Oh, that's amazing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm starting to get a little adrenaline coming just thinking about getting in a fight. You know, I mean, yeah. just because if you start thinking about getting in a fight, I mean, your body's preparing for survival. Yeah, it, well, exactly. And your your mind, your body is, I think it's just, it's a, it's more, more than anything, it's a spiritual thing. Like when you are in the cage with somebody and it's just, there's no protection. It's, it's a very vulnerable place. Mm -hmm. You, you, you summon inner spirits that are, that are like very, um, that you don't really get out of you any other time in life. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I think it's, it really is a spiritual battle. Like, and it's, it's like letting, it's letting go of everything. Cause a lot of people think that it's total control of, of, of yourself and, and, and of the fight. But I really think it's just letting go and releasing to whatever power that's above you and, and allowing like those, that energy that from the world to kind of channel through you. Cause I think that you have, a lot of times it's like the inner energies from within, but we have, we have a choice whether to, to let it stop flowing through us and to control it. Or to just let it, let us be like the conduit of whatever. For me, it's God. Mm-hmm. For some people, you know, they believe in, in, in other things. I just know that what it, I, I believe in something bigger than what I can see. That's an interesting way to put it. Is this, is this a common thought process in the, in the MMA, you know, fighting world or? Yeah, it's, it's something that I've found for myself. I've, I've. Uh, I've heard I've heard a lot of people talk about that. You mm-hmm. know, I've, I, it's not it's not anything new. I'm, I'm sure a lot of fighters kind of go through that, but I think it would help a lot of fighters to think of it that way to just be able to surrender. I think that's mm-hmm. that's what's weird is like you you surrender. People think, oh, I'm in a fight. Let me surrender. It's like what? Yeah, it's, it's like, counterintuitive. <laughs> like but, like I'm not here to surrender. I'm here to fuck this guy up. Yeah, <laughs> but but surrendering to a whole another thing. To the dance. Yeah. It's like the dance that you're doing, that you're going out there to do, is that's the fight. That's what you have to surrender to. You're not surrendering to another human. My my spirit as a fighter will never surrender to another yeah. man. But I know that my my spirit will at least let me to surrender to something that's going to help me to be to be the best self. I just want like that's why win or loss. That's not the goal. The goal is to have the truest form of expression as far as like this is my art. This mm-hmm. is what I do. This is my life. Yeah. I want to be able to do it to the max. I don't want to just like you know go out there and be timid it's like no i want to be there be confident i want to i want to and and it just so happens that fucking a dude up is the is the end result yeah no i love (laughs) that whole concept i think that's that's brilliant actually um yeah okay so adrenaline yeah and you're going in and prior are you watching film on who you're about to fight like Uh, to prepare also uh sometimes yeah in in pro i'm I'm sure right now i'm an amateur so i got seven seven and one seven five seven wins one loss and i'm 
kind of working towards um, that's my goal is for next year I want to go pro and, and that's something that I've so what's the difference do you have to do a certain amount of time or a certain amount of wins as an amateur to get pro not necessarily you can kind of just go right you can go anybody can go pro like if you wanted to go be a pro fighter right now you could um, it would take 100, 850 bucks I think which is oh yeah that's just it. for for like um, what do you call it registration uh, registration yeah, yeah. Uh, medical and stuff mm-hmm. like that uh, but you basically, it's it, the only the reason I stayed an amateur is because I had a really smart team around me between underground with Danny and MMA Gold that I train out with in Granite Bay, mm-hmm. on Sacramento area. Um, they they th- advised me that being amateur was a smart thing to do, and that going from you know like building up the skill set when there's when the money's not on the line, when your record isn't on the line, it's it that's that's the best way to do it. Is you fight. And you get your skill sets. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's less like, you know, it, it, a lot of people, I think, are like, I want to be a pro fighter. And they go pro and they fight one fight and they get beat up. And they're like, oh, I, I don't know about this. It's like versus this, you take it as a marathon. It's a slow burn. And yeah, you don't make a lot of money. You're not making a lot of money in the beginning shows anyways. Mm-hmm. It's like, what am I going to sit there and go and fight some guy that has 13 fights in a pro in the pro division for for, you know, $500? It's like I'm. Yeah, so, you got to think about the big picture. If you want to make good money, mm-hmm. then you should build up your skill set, and, and the only way to do that is to fight. And yeah. by doing that, you can do that in the amateur with like little to. Or, uh, yeah. Okay. So when are you planning on trying? Are you or are you planning on trying to go pro? Uh yeah yeah okay. so so next year is the goal. Uh, I got about two more fights until it's my tenth fight. So we're thinking like. Two, three, four fights, and, and and then we're gonna see. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not rushing the process because I know that it's gonna be like, uh, you know, it, as soon as I start hyper fixating on oh I need to go pro here I need to go pro it's like there are so many skill sets I still need to work on. Uh-huh. There's so much I still need to do because it's it, it's it, fighting is mixed martial arts. You don't have to be great at one, but you have to be good at it all. Get good at them all. And yeah. It's like, uh, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not good at them all yet. And yeah. I, and I, but I, I'm working towards it. Yeah. And so to become pro, is that considered UFC? Uh, yeah. Pro. Uh, pro so, so, well, no. So pro is uh pro is like there's like three divisions to it. So there's the regional level, the regional circuit. So that would be like Uriah Faber's card, Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Then it would be like uh, the next one. I forgot what it's called. It, it's like kind of the the international level. So you'd be going to, uh, you know, Louisiana or somewhere, whatever, mm-hmm. New York, fighting there. And then the next level after that would be the UFC or PFL or Bellator. Well, Bellator just got bought, but basically like uh, the the world level. Mm, okay. So it's like three three levels: regional, international, and world. And you kind of work your way up. And and some people get skyrocketed at the top based off of their fighting abilities. You know, they they really do look for finishers. They want guys that can. Make knock excite, people out is knock, that what it is knock people out submit people just mm-hmm. to, like anything that will kind of bring them to that uh like that, that entertainment entertainment yeah exactly. that's all they want yeah so that's why i'm like i'm not gonna i right now I'm, I, i've got good skill sets but it's like i'm not the best finisher i've finished all my fights <laughs> but i'm not it doesn't mean that i'm gonna go i'm gonna be ready to go against a uh uh you know experienced veteran mm-hmm. and, and, and on the world level so it's like yeah. i think it's best 
to always take things slow with mm-hmm. whatever you do. You always take baby steps. You know, the, the, uh, fast money don't last, but slow money is for show money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that something Danny whispers in your ear too? <laughs> no, that was something from, that was, that was a Stockton saying that was, yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So, I mean, at your age, I mean, you still have many years to go. I mean, fuck, there, some of the people in the UFC are, and they're like late thirties, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, well, especially in my division. Yeah. My division's kind of like older guys because we're all bigger. So. What's your division? A 205. So uh-huh. a lot of the guys, like, I mean, you have some outliers. Like, you got John Jones. He was 21 when he became champion. Um, and, wow. And honestly, in my head, like, I don't like to set excuses for myself. Like, I'm 22 years old. I I, I know, like, I could be a champion if I, if I really set my mind to it. So... I don't like to say like, oh, well, those guys are different. Yeah, there's exceptional people, but that's my goal is to be exceptional. So I'm mm-hmm. not like counting myself out. I just think if I mature a little bit, then I don't have to be on the news headlines about some woman I hit and run after, you know, pregnant woman that I did a hit and run on. Yeah. A lot of times fame just fucks people up yeah. too. So. No, that's true. Well, that's exciting. So you have plans then. Yeah. 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 And a good team around. That's the biggest part. Yeah. Can't do it alone. Um, so you were saying you were seven and one? Yeah. Okay. So when did you lose the one? Uh, <laughs> so uh-huh. funny story. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting the guy in January that I lost to. Oh, that's fun. Oh, I bet you're excited. Oh, I'm, I, I'm just like I'm <laughs> nervous to thinking about it in a good way. Yeah. But Where are you fighting? It was next month. Next month. Yeah. yeah. January 19th. Uh, so it'll be uh, for Uriah Faber's card in Sacramento State at Sacramento State College. Ooh! Yeah. So it's gonna be fun, and it's on a pro am show. So. Oh my God! You have to be so fucking excited. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. It's, you said it's January what? Nineteenth. Nineteenth. Yeah, and that's gonna be. I mean, we have a bunch of people fighting for A one combat and firepower. That's actually where I got my belt from. Was was firepower, and I'm gonna be defending it against the guy I lost to. So it's like, it's a. It's nerve-wracking because, you know, it's pressure, but at the same time, it's not. How satisfying it uh, will be to to beat his face. Right, especially because it's like, I don't, excuses out of it, I was not ready for that fight. I took it on three days' notice. I was sick. I was, I I, should have still been able to win. I almost did win, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to, you know, we're going to. How'd you lose? I lost to a guillotine choke, so, oh, yeah. which is like the wrestler's freaking kryptonite. <laughs> it's like getting your shooting in for a shot and getting your neck taken. It's like, oh, well, all right. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay, so um, how are you training? Are you just training like normal? I don't train at all. No, I'm just kidding. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, no, two a days, two a days. Yeah, two a days. So yeah. my, uh, we have we have a, a buddy from Suriname. He came in, and he was living with us, and we'd, be, we'd wake up at like 4 or 5 in the morning do like a, a kickboxing or wrestling something uh like some sort of practice in the morning and then mm. at nighttime we'd have about an hour so we're training about like three to four hours a day and that's crazy it's at the i mean it's really taxing on the body and it's really taxing on the mind but i don't think i'd be choosing any other life right now it's yeah. just discipline keeping me like focused centered i the people I meet in this life, it's just like we're. I'm I'm living a super blessed life, and mm-hmm. and and coming from a, a time where it wasn't like that, it's like oh. Oh yeah, absolutely loving every moment. Yeah. Um, what do you eat? Oh. What What's your calorie intake every day? 
you know, I don't really focus too much oh, on you that. Know? No, no, no. I, I do, I do like focus on, I kind of eat, um, you know, like just, I eat what I eat right now. I'm on the carnivore diet. Shout out to Joe Lee for telling me how to, how to do that. Cause I was like, man, isn't that kind of expensive? I go to Costco. I got like a sirloin cut the size of my torso for 40 bucks and then like six pounds of ground beef. And then I'll eat some rice or couscous or whatever. No veggies. No veggies. Well, like, if I, you know, if I get treated out to dinner, you know, I try to keep it as cheap as possible. Yeah. Vegetables are just, you know, So you, the nutritional value, like, you don't need the Well, meat has enough, like, the carnivore diet's been Uh kind of going around lately, and Mm -hmm. I think, I think if my cows eat my vegetables, then I'll be fine. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I'll eat vegetables. I love veggies. But it's not the main source of my diet. And and I find that it's actually been really helpful. It's kind of keeping my inflammation down. Keeping mm-hmm. my knees and joints good so I don't have to worry about that. So no bread. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I eat bread. Okay, yeah, I, okay. I sometimes it, it, I just kind of been supplementing it. Like uh, my, my sister will make sourdough. So mm-hmm. I get I get to the fresh stuff. Oh, the fresh yeah. stuff. The fresh, and you don't get fat off of sourdough. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the enzymes. The yeast or something in it. She uh-huh. she has the whole science. If I call yeah. her up, she won't stop talking about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> smart. Oh, that we're on just talk about sourdough. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, yeah, right. Um, okay, so, and then protein shakes, I'm sure. Like a shit ton of those per day. No. No? no. I You know, as far as supplementation, I kind of wish that I would be a little more, like, zoned in. But what I focus on is, like, right now I'm at the level where as long as I'm staying healthy and injury-free, then once I'm fighting for a world title, I can get my nutritionist and I can get somebody. I just think people kind of jump the gun too fast sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're you're focusing on the fine-tuned details. Like, oh, I got a nutritionist and I got this. But you're fighting a shit. And that's what's more important. I'd rather be eating McDonald's and freaking chicken nuggets and all that but be a good fighter than, mm-hmm. than not know how to fight and then and, and be freaking eating – or whatever yeah. is kale and spinach. And <laughs> I love, I don't know, not, yeah. no, no hate on the kale and spinach folk, but you know. Yeah, okay, and something else I've been dying to ask because I'm going to do this next week. Josh, my husband, and I are going to be doing this, the 72-hour fast. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm excited for you. Uh, are you? Because <laughs> I, I see a little bit of worry in that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the seventy-two-hour fast is the Dana White one. The Dana right? White mm-hmm. one to, with the bone broth. Get yes. the kettle and fire. Do it the right way. You know, I heard something like the stocks of that like company like went completely through the roof after he did that. I bet. That's oh a, yeah, yeah. I watched his TikTok and he's like, "And this is the best." And I'm like googling it, <laughs> getting it right then. I was all like, "He must have a deal sponsorship," but he I, didn't. No? He didn't. He said he didn't he, even know. He just picked it out of the grocery store. Well, okay. It's a so, good product. Yeah. And so you did that. All right. The first 24 hours, just water. Just water and, and electrolytes. So I went to my sponsors, Gold Trail Nutrition in, in uh, Jackson. Some of the best people there. Uh, Melanie there, she's super That's a great sweet. store. She's actually gotten me stuff to like keep me sick, like sickness free this entire uh, like cold season. Like Everyone's wellness? getting sick. Yeah. Like it was like these pills that you take and it knocks the sickness out of you. And I'm just like. Thank you. What are they everyone, called? 
They're called like Quebeco. Okay. Q U E B E C O. My daughter needs that. She is sick all the fucking time. That's <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, she's sick. Yeah, she lives with Melissa. That's in our studio audience right now. Oh, and, and she's like, I have to sanitize my house all the time because she's sick. So off to get that for you, her. You've got it. It's it's like a little purple bottle. It's like 15 bucks, and you just take two dissolvable tablets and good to go Sweet. everyone around me is sick i'm like ha sucks to suck mm-hmm. all right cool yeah, cool so, that's the one. so during the 24 hours water what electrolytes were you taking so, so that was so that i went in there and i was like melanie i need some some electrolytes that aren't sugary or don't carbs. have any carbs yeah. anything she's like i got this gave me this nasty <laughs> it, t- it tastes like salty i don't know it just tastes like just like Nothing but Do you remember salt. the name? It's no. Just text yeah, just, it to me so I can okay. use it. But it works. It works, okay. and it's just water. It's just like a little bottle of liquid that you pour in there, a tablespoon per a day, I guess. And Was I, it? Is that how often you had the electrolytes? Just uh, that that I drank a lot just because I was like, I don't know, healthy. Yeah, well, you're still working out and fasting during the seventy-two hours. You were completely. That's where it was hard. Yes. So. Dana White said that he was still lifting and he was still working out and doing all that. He said, I feel fantastic. Well, obviously, he wasn't working out as much as I was. Cause I, when I don't I, think anybody's working out as much as yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people out there that aren't doing the fast, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, it was hard. Every time, the, the thing is, is like your gratitude towards food, your gratitude towards everything. I was like getting all emotional most times. Like, just like, I just want the food. It's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> when did that set in? Five hours in? No. 20 hours in? I'm always like, I'm a fatty at heart. I've always loved food. So for me, the first day was like, okay, this is hard. But after like the first, the second 48 hours. So well, I, the second 48, you, you put the bone marrow. I don't, right? I think I, yeah, but it was still, so, so I started Saturday night. Saturday night, I went to Cat's Fight. She whooped that girl's ass, and I oh, did she? yeah, it was my last meal, and then the, all of Sunday I didn't eat, and then Monday morning I think was the first time I drank bone, or was it Sunday night? It might have been no, it wasn't Sunday night. I think I waited till Monday morning to uh-huh. drink the bone broth, uh-huh. and that was just like so amazing because like it, heaven, <laughs> heaven. It's like, and I put like some salt and stuff in there to get it like you know just make it enjoyable or not so yeah well the first 24 hours were you getting lightheaded or or like just hunger pains like first 24 i think it was a lot easier for mm-hmm. me it, it sucked it was like oh i'm hungry but mentally i think like what it is is you're always how much you realize you're focusing on food like how many of my life decisions go around <laughs> like let me stop let me stop and go get some food Versus when you're like, oh, I can't eat. I'm like, what do I do with my time right now? <laughs> it's like... 100%. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, what the... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And then the second 24, you... Um, I think the bone, bar, bone, excuse me, bone broth is only twice a day? Yeah. Just morning yes. and night. And so that's the second day. That. And were you still in pain or... Uh, so... Lightheaded? No pain. No lightheadedness. I started feeling definitely like shredded. That's when you're... you're um, your uh i think like your it's like an emotional dump almost it's like that's when all the you just get mad at everything or you get like sad over not sad but just like extra uh, emotionally charged over things really yeah it's, i wonder it, what the science is behind that 
I think maybe just, just mad at life. Just mad at life. Yeah, <laughs> so you're just hungry. like, or maybe what it is is it's like goes back to our hunt. It felt like I was like, uh, like focused and dialed in, and that I was more just like, I need to eat because this is like, this is my life. Like mm-hmm. if I don't eat, I don't live. Yeah. So if I was not having that focused in, like zoned in uh, approach, and I was thinking about food, then you start thinking about, I, I. I I don't know if it's necessarily the the like the lack of food or if it's the you needing to maybe like the sugar in your blood yeah. that's extremely what I mean it could shit. be that could be that you're just full on hangry and you're detoxing too so maybe <laughs> oh, that's yeah. what it is cuz you're going from eating a lot of sugars a lot of foods that like create an emotional reaction out of you that when you don't have them mm-hmm. it's like detoxing from it so yeah ooh. and then you went into your third day third day third day was like okay i'm zoned in i'm dialed in third day was uh I, you know i actually ended up doing 86 hours what yeah you went over i went over because they that's what he said in the video in the video he's like 86 hours and then later on he goes on a podcast saying oh you actually only have to do 72 i'm like well because you know, it came, comes from gary um gary brita brita Br- you know who I'm talking about. It yeah, comes the from doctor. Him. Yes, which is brilliant. Smart. Yeah. Smart guys. I, that's all. That's how I got through life. Just listening to smart yeah. dudes. But it's like, it for me, it was like after that 72 hours, I was like counting the. I'm like there for an hour just trying to do the math in my head. I've never been good at math. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, so if I started on Saturday <laughs> night, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and so what happened that third day? Were you just still hungry? Uh, I was. That's when I really started to like, it, I don't know, it, it almost started feeling like I was getting a little over, like, not overboard, but like, started feeling almost like a high in itself. They say that you're supposed to actually, like, brain clarity, like, it's supposed to make oh, yeah. you think more clearly, For which as, just confuses me, because I get lightheaded if I don't eat every four hours, so I'm like, ah. But that might be withdrawals too. Yeah. From from like carbs or food or sugars, whatever. Yeah. Um, my my mental clarity in practice, so Monday night practice was some of the best roles that I had had. Tuesday uh-huh. night sparring was some of the best sparring I had. Oh. Wednesday night sparring, like I was dialed in, I was zoned in, and that might have been uh, or Wednesday morning. Sorry, was my last morning, mm-hmm. so I, I I ate on Wednesday night, but. Um, Wednesday morning, I did strength conditioning over at Game Fit. Now, this place is no joke. Uh, this is in Sacramento, and you know Lem, he's the coach there. Uh, it's literally just meant to to just destroy you. Like like you're, it's an hour of just straight weightlifting, running in between all all the bad stuff. Mm. But being fasted for that, you have no calories to burn. What are you doing? Just the fat off your body and and the muscle. I'm sure. Like yeah. it probably wasn't the best to be doing that much but i'm honestly i think everybody should go through it like i would recommend it because it's it's like getting ultimate mastery over your mind Mm -hmm. which is like something that a lot of people have trouble with is discipline yeah and when it's a trend it's easier to do so it's like when when it's somebody that's you know i i I doubt there's going to be people Unless they see it on Instagram, somebody else doing it, they're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But they say like two two times a year you end up killing cancer or stuff like that. He said, um, this is what intrigued me, is, well, first, it just 
the fat just comes off your body, apparently. Did that happen to you as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, I went from, like, a like little bit of front tummy to gone. To gone. Yeah. I was, like, fully abs that i never seen before. It yeah. Was, it was cool. Yeah. Um, but he also said that you're 70% more likely to get rid of cancer and Alzheimer's if you do this fast twice a year. That's and that alone it makes a lot of sense as far as like how we have operated as a society before all of this. Like mm-hmm. how many how many times like do you, in the past history would we be able to just like go to a grocery store and and go and buy food? It's like that's a very new concept to society. A lot of times it's like go and hunt, go and collect mm-hmm. some berries. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense as to like maybe the food it, it made me think a lot about the food that we eat and how maybe it's like super processed super processed Mm -hmm. and also like how it's probably not good for us to be eating and always satiated like maybe the hunger like they they talk about oh i'm hungry for this i'm hungry for success hungry is the word to use because it's like when you're hungry for something you're gonna do you're you're gonna be dialed in and focused to Mm -hmm. be able to not be hungry Mm -hmm. and the clarity and that's what goes back to the brain clarity that you're supposed to get from the fast that was that was like conversations I was just like on top of it sometimes I'm a little dull or like you know I'm just like hard, words will come to me as fast I was just like on top <laughs> you're of like it. I am fucking Einstein right now yeah, right? <laughs> for 72 hours <laughs> I like, felt like I took an Adderall or something yeah. I was like <laughs> eyes wide open some people got uncomfortable but it's, it's whatever sorry mom <laughs> oh, that's funny um now that Ger- Gary um Brita I think his last name is I'm not sure um he also talks about the ice plunge oh. Did, have you tried that yet I, I love ice baths, yeah. So you do it. I do. I've, I've done it for a while now. Not consistently, but I think it's And you mandatory. probably do it for your muscles, right? Yes. Yes. And how long do you... I do it for my mind, too, though. I do like the mental aspect of ice plunges. I do three three-minute rounds, so I, I train, it, train it like a fight. So I'll do like three minutes in, one minute off, three minutes in, one minute off. No shit, so you go back in three times? Yeah, and then I go, and then if I have a sauna, I'll go back and forth from that. Oh my god, is that, okay, going from hot to cold, will that fuck up your body? No, oh my gosh, you get the best sleep of your life, the best, like, mental, like, I'm shot, it's funny, because guys will come up, I have a little horse trough outside the gym, so they'll come up at the end of practice as I'm jumping in the ice bath, and I just get out and I start shadow boxing. I'm dancing. I got music playing. And I'm, I, I look like a madman. Like, he's crazy. <laughs> That's good. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, well, plunged in like, it was 48 degree temperature yesterday. Josh and I both did. And um, the first 30 seconds is terrible. Like, you can't breathe, you know? But then after that, you're numb. Yeah. you're. Which is crazy. And, and the thing is, you breathe and you, you stop the shakes. And then... Um, after that, when when you reach that numbness, you reach that calm. It's almost like I would compare it to how the fight feels, like the same feelings that of like absolute focus and like you you know how normally your mind will race and that's mm-hmm. what they talk about meditation. Like you stop. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing as when you get out of the ice bath or you're at that point where you're like two minutes in and you're not shaking anymore. You're still. Yes. And I get some sort of energy probably blood rush to my head yeah and while i'm in because it's the only thing out of water exactly and i'm just like whoosh i'm like whoa this is fucking weird then you're like hmm calm and it's it's very interesting i did yesterday and today 
Only oh, yeah. twice. That's it. And it's fucking weird. Only. Only <laughs> twice. Yeah. I mean, that but a lot. it does. And like, I, it was completely like, cause I hate being cold. That's the right. worst thing in the world to me. And I'm like, well, this sounds like torture, but the, you know, everything that I heard how the benefits are, I've, I was like, I'm going to try it. And what did you, what was your like experience with that? Like, what did you, what, like when you got in and, and what, what is like the mental, like, do you have the mental clarity? Is it more just like there's nothingness? Is it stillness? What is it? So for me, I got in and I was like, okay, I got to just get in all the way. Because yesterday I got in just to like my boobs and I was just like, okay, I can't go in any further. Because if you go in any further, it's cold, cold, cold. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm fine, right? But today I went all the way to my shoulders. And I mean, you just have to get in right then. And then don't move. I don't move. I'm like, I don't want to move. Because every time you move, you feel a little bit more cold, right? Anyways, yeah. um, and then the first 30 seconds, like, I'm trying to catch my breath because my body's going in fucking shock, right? And then all of a sudden, you get that rush to your brain, and then you're just like, whew. And it's really weird because it's just, like, calm, like you were explaining. Yeah. Completely calm. You don't feel a thing. And then the timer went off today, and I was like, that's only three minutes? And I just sat there for probably another 30, 40 seconds while it's going off. I was just like, all right. And then I got out, and then, I mean, it's outside. It's 40 degrees outside, and it felt warm. Like, I was just air-dried. And then, but my problem is I can't warm up Mm. afterwards. It takes a while. It's not meant, it's definitely not meant, because what, I guess the science behind it is that it takes all the blood away from your extremities. Uh brings it to your core and then disperses back out my hands will be black white and purple like for hours and sometimes i'll even kind of be shivering hours after that's why i like the sauna and the oh yes that probably helps yeah well he also says that these um in your liver these proteins are released into Uh your blood the only way they can be released is from this cold shock Uh yes then he also goes into brown fat Brown fat is your survival fat that you can't burn. It's there just in case you're almost dying. And if you're almost dying from being frozen in a bath, then that's how that fat's actually released. He said do a three minutes a day, three to six minutes max a day, and you'll just see the fat just come off your body. So that's what sold me, all those factors. That's kind of crazy. I never thought, I never knew that, the brown fat thing. And, like, do you, is that... Do you think that's beneficial? Like, because what if you actually end up, well, I guess you wouldn't end up needing it now, mm-hmm. but that's probably good to know in the future. Like, if you were ever in a situation where you're like, I got brown fat, I'm cool. I got brown fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but he said, like, when calories leave your body, it's from heat leaving your body. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you go into a bath, all that heat leaves your body instantly, you are actually burning massive amounts of calories. And the water, I'm sure, helps to, like, induct it all uh-huh. like in the, yep. in the cold water. And then when you get out, your body has to heat up, so you're using the brown fat to heat up. That's crazy. That is pretty. The brown fat is burning to heat yourself up. Yep. Uh, that makes sense. Because yep. it's, like you're, you're, it's, like, probably right above your muscle. Yeah, I yeah. Like I would assume. To... You know what? I think it's a good guess, and I'm going with that. It's probably right. <laughs> very good. Yeah, we'll roll the dice on yeah, that. Uh, but, yeah. So do you do – you, feel like the mental clarity all the way like when does that stop kind when do you kind of feel like you get back to normal mental state after that so actually my husband and i are both having different experiences which is weird because he talks about a dopamine effect um gary talks about that Uh that like cocaine for instance you have nine minutes of a dopamine with this it's anywhere between two and six hours of dopamine after an ice bath Oh wow! right and so i don't feel that high 
Josh is like jumping all around, just like I feel fucking great. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. I'm just like yeah. I danced, like I'm I'm faster than ever. I'm like feel like like a weightlifter. Yes. Now that I learned your three one, I, and when Josh watches this, I guarantee he's gonna try that because he's like I can go longer than three minutes. This is fucking amazing. So yeah. he might try that. Yeah, yeah. Three minutes. Yeah, three one, three one off, and then right after, hop right into the hot shower. We have a hot tub right outside. Oh, then just, then honestly, in that one minute, just hop into the hot tub. Oh my God. That sounds like it would just be fucking torture, the burning. It's not, oh yeah, because it is pretty hot. I wouldn't, it's 103. But the weird part is, it's not like your skin is like, it's your skin even going, because I've done that where I go from hot shower to to ice bath and I kind of like it because it's like, uh, when you're like shivering and cold, it's like a, it's also a dopamine effect of Mm -hmm. having the hot water on you. But yeah, yeah, that would be, try that out. Yeah. No, I'm digging all the, you know, just trying to do things to your body. Like just, I mean, cause our bodies are so much smarter than we give it credit for. And our, you know, we just, we don't treat it right. You know? And it's not just new science. Like this thing's been around, this stuff is like, it, because we have so much, we have the technology in our hands, which is a blessing. Mm-hmm. We ha- we can finally, like, unlock the parts of ourselves that that I think tribes were doing years prior. It's just like now it's it's people are trying. They're realizing like, okay, this this way that we're taught to manage our health and to take care of our bodies isn't working because so many people you see are unhealthy. They're depressed. Mm-hmm. They're they're living through through all these things and then and then they go on online they see oh well this helps with this and this helps with that it's like why not try it like yep. a fa- like i'm telling you a fast if you're having any sort of like mental uh, emotional any any sort of like issues i would get a journal with me i would write some stuff out i would like go from from feeling that feeling then and then really like expressing di- it expressing <laughs> yeah. or diving into what mm-hmm. what that is and, and it's people I think it was life changing for me because it got me just, it just got my gratitude up too. It's a lot of times it's like you live with so much thing, so many things around you. You have cell phone here. You have all these things at your, at your fingertips that Mm -hmm. you lose that gratitude to be like, wow, I don't, I'm not guaranteed this. I'm not entitled to this. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I have it enough just brings me joy. And it's like, that's what, that's what food And it's weird because you go from food, doing that with food to then that like bleeding into everything else mm, oh that's cool I yeah know. well i'll definitely let you know how our experience goes yes, i don't know i went like 10 hours once so i was like i can't do this <laughs> this is unacceptable <laughs> i'm gonna die <laughs> it's like the mountain it's like going climbing up a mountain and then you see the 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 peak at you get to the peak and you mm-hmm. see everything and then you're like oh wait the mountain's 40 72 hours <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah, I uh, try out your experience. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, okay, so you have a couple belts here. Yes. I want to see what they are from. Check it out. Thank you. So this one's my firepower promotions belt. This was uh, this was my. What's firepower mean? What is that? Firepower is Uriah Faber's like promotion. Uh, it's his amateur promotion. So these are amateur belts that that are basically like. You know, once you've had a certain amount of fights, you can you can they'll find you an opponent and you'll fight for to be their title contender, their title holder. Nice. So you hold it right now. I hold it. Yeah. So this. Sweet. So now, anytime a person like this is the one I'm gonna be fighting for January nineteenth, 
and it'll be uh you know i'll be it'll be good because i'll still keep it i'm gonna go to that is it a saturday it is a saturday we should go to that awesome (laughs) thank you this is king of the cage so this is the one um oh i've heard of king of the cage for sure king of the cage is actually one of the oldest promotions you have like rampage jackson you have i mean sean strickland you have um a uh, couple other people. There's been a lot of people that f- have fought for King, uh, Tyron Woodley. All these guys that are like UFC legends that fought. Um, this is the their their light heavyweight amateur belt. It's called the World Title, uh, World Championship. <laughs> All right, pretty sure You're it's like, like hundred bucks on Amazon, but. <laughs> But hey, I, I I got to take it home. So Fuck yeah, good. absolutely. And I just defended this one. So I won in, back in I think January, January February. I had finished the guy in like a minute and on the ground. And then I just fought. That's the the clips that I'll send you. Uh, I fought back last month, and uh, we we minute and thirty. I knocked him out on the feet. So it was it was awesome. So like, knockout like dead on the like ground TK, like TK, technical knockout so okay. I, I did i hit him with like 100 combos it was awesome and then uh-huh. he fell and then i started i just fi- finished him on the ground like as much as it, it was really just like two or three shots after i had already did the initial nice knockdown. nice so and then this is this is probably my favorite one because king of the cage having the name that it is but ultimately when i look at these it's more like it's more like a reminder that yeah i'm a champion and but that title work needs work. It's not you don't just like wake up a champion. I mean you do if you're me, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking three hours a day. I don't know how you do that. It's uh, well, more than three hours. I'm happy to do it, and yeah. I think I don't do it enough. Really? That's the way I see it. Is like that's I awesome. I don't do it enough because I need to. I there's so much. There's I, time is something we take for granted, and I and I have nothing but but uh, but time right now. But then I'm gonna be. 35 and saying what the heck i thought i had nothing but time so i like like that that's for sure and that's what i i mean that's why i'm happy to have stuff like this but when i see this i'm like what's next that's and that's what i love about like just from coming from where i came from and and like the little things that i had in the mental state that i was in you know depression anxiety all the all the terms but i realized like oh no what i had was excuse making you know what I had was was a lack of work ethic, and and these are reminders. Like, if you want to be happy, you just have to work for it. Fuck yeah! It's every day. Love it. That's awesome. Now, how hard is it to get recruited from the UFC? Um, right now it seems not very hard. I see a lot of guys going to the UFC that like are not very super well rounded. Mm-hmm. I think that it's just because the sport is growing and and people are going in. You know, before. Back in the days of Danny fighting, it was like it was hard because you had it. It, it was still such a niche thing, mm-hmm. and they wanted to make sure that they got the best of the best. Versus now, it's like we're gonna see what you're made out of. They have the contender series. They've got you know they've got all these other promotions that are coming in to compete. So they're kind of just absorbing as many fighters as they can and putting on good fights. And obviously, you. So have, what is it like? A you have to come and like like participate in front of them and what is that like is that what they do like it's a bunch of people come together and like they just you just fight and then they pick you yeah well so yeah so the contender series is this it's like basically this promotion for that dana white threw together okay where he'll get two guys that aren't ufc people yet uh-huh. and they'll fight in the cage to 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 basically get a contract 
Oh shit, that's cool. Yeah, it's very it's it's is it awesome. Hard? Do you have to apply or? Uh, just having the right managers and and being I mean your your work speaks for itself mm-hmm. it, and especially now it's like there's so many fights out there that are televised even to the the, the high level guys it doesn't matter what regional promotion you're fighting on. Normally that that's kind of like you have to work your way up the ladder. So you'll fight a couple fights in this promotion that's regional. Then you'll fight a couple promotions in the 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 country level. And then you'll fight on the world level, which is the UFC. But even now, I'm noticing people that are just fighting in the regional level, they get taken to the, the contender series. And, the, and it's because they're trying to find that talent and trying to find the people out there that, that want to fight, especially because they're, they're building. I really respect what the UFC is doing with the sport as far as like trying to build try to build the sport instead of trying to be like a going out of business sale like, oh, like yeah, Dana White sure. talks about boxing. They do oh, that a God. lot. They're trying to build, you know, they're putting UFC performance institutes all around the countries and in every country because they're trying to actually find the, they're, they're trying to like build fighters. They're trying to make the sport the greatest that it can be, not just for their money because they're, they're not focused on the money right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, I was at a dinner with Forrest Griffin in May, and he was telling me that he goes and recruits, and he's like, I'm in um, Asia a ton. He said there's so many great fighters out there. He's like, I'm in Mexico. Like, I mean, he said yeah. that he's gone like half the year just going to find these fighters. And what a guy to recruit. One of the legends of the sport has but- fought some of the best, like, did like, you watch Ultimate Fighter when he was on it? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> or, like, even, like, his fight against Anderson Silva to, to go out and fight somebody who is, like, one of the goats. And and, and to still, you know, fight a fight's a fight. Things are going to happen the way that they happen. But, yeah, the, the that's what I mean is, like, the UFC taking these legends and making them and putting them out to go and find future they, legends. Yeah, they know what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> let's. Who are we gonna hire, Mr. Joe Blow that just got out of college that thinks he knows about fighting, yeah. or the guy that's been there for us, making us money? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Well, after we're done with this, I'm gonna send him this podcast so he can watch you. That'll be awesome. Yeah, Heck yeah, for sure. So I am going to get some clips from you and air on before and after this episode some of your fights okay yeah so okay. i'm excited to show I, those they're all on youtube i don't know so as far as my latest fight i would just clip it because yeah it, king of the cage likes to copyright strike uh, but yeah like, i just want the knockout yeah right yeah. It's the easy part just <laughs> that's what most people say yeah <laughs> awesome all right well is there anything else you want to tell our viewers before we head out uh yeah uh yeah so i'm gonna be doing some kickboxing classes here too coming up uh, at underground yeah so i I do cardio kickboxing Mm -hmm. so it's not uh you know i i i I can do it all i'm I'm, I'm basically just trying to make something to where young kids older people just people of all ages and sizes can come in work out get a really good workout make sure not to kill anybody you're not doing three hours a day it's just going to be Nice, maybe Saturday, Sunday afternoon, coming in. Was it like forty five minutes? Forty five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it'll be hard. So obviously, bring the running shoes and stuff like that. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Ryan Feeding Ayu, and uh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, Danny used to teach uh, kickboxing back in the day. Yeah, he's he's the one actually run like consulting me on making sure all the workouts aren't too much. They're not too little. You know, he's yeah. Danny's Danny is another one of those guys. Is like. When I moved up here at 18, um, he, I had nothing. I had lost my job. I, I was like, you know, just struggling. 
and he he gave me a job. He he fed me for like months on end while Aww. I was just working for him. I live out of the gym, so I you know he gave me all these spots and opportunities to be able to build up. And I came from nothing, and now it's like we're starting to build something and, yeah. and staying close to him, using his um his, his knowledge, wisdom yeah. and knowledge. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. you're lucky. I mean, it sounds like these people came to your life when they needed to. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And imagine where you'd be without all of them. Yeah, it, definitely not here. Yeah. yeah, everything happens for a reason, everything. for sure. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Lacey. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Absolutely. All right, we'll see you next week with a new guest. See you then. Bye. Don't miss out on a single moment of The Real Life with Lacey. Hit that subscribe button so you'll always be the first to know when a new episode drops. Together, we'll keep uncovering the authenticity of life. Subscribe now and join our vibrant community of real stories and real connections.